I love the way the worship team read the scripture passage today. In fact, so would you give them a round of applause? They work hard week in and week out to, to do these worship services for us. Most of the work is done behind the scenes, and I'm very grateful to them. So if you haven't already, would you please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, and we will be looking at verses 35 through 45 this morning. The Gospel of Mark, there's the second book in the New Testament, chapter 1, verses 35 45. And if you are using the church, the Bible that church provides, which we call the Blue Bible, it's found on page 1064. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. The scripture has already been read, so I wouldn't read it again. But in this narrative, Jesus heals a leper. You see, in the ancient biblical world, the term leprosy referred to various kinds of chronic and incurable skin diseases. Not the leprosy, the Hansen's disease as we know it today, but all kinds of skin diseases that were chronic and incurable were referred to as leprosy. People at the time believed that leprosy was God's punishment for serious sins, mostly hidden sins. Moreover, they also believed that only God can forgive sins. No one else. So here it is, only God can forgive sins, and here's leprosy that was caused by serious sins, and the implication is that only God can heal Leprosy. That was their belief at the time. Therefore, by healing this man with leprosy, Jesus clearly demonstrates to them that he was and is God. That was very clear. According to the Jewish law, you can read about it in actually Leviticus chapter 13 and 14. That's where this is described. The leprosy and the skin diseases and all of that. Anyone suspected of leprosy must be brought to the priest for examination. So here today we would go to a doctor perhaps. But in those days, anyone suspected of leprosy was brought to the priest for examination. Who alone could pronounce if the person has leprosy or not. So it was priest's responsibility to diagnose leprosy at the time. If the diagnosis was leprosy, then the person is excluded from the community because his presence made others ritually unclean. So for example, if a leper entered a house, he made that house and its inhabitants unclean. And it included his very own house he made his wife, his children, and other family members unclean also. Terrible disease. At least that's the way that they treated them at the time. Now if we pass by within six feet from another, so this is probably six feet right here. 
or within 150 feet when wind was blowing, he made others ritually unclean. Lepers were not allowed to enter the holy city of Jerusalem because they made people who came to worship at the temple unclean. And so they couldn't go to the city of Jerusalem, the holy city. When a Jewish rabbi saw a leper, he would throw stones at him and shout, go to your place and do not defile other people. Another rabbinic tradition sentenced lepers to 40 lashes for entering areas that were forbidden to them. People at the time treated people with skin diseases or lepers, as they called them, terribly. In fact, lepers were required to dress a certain way and identify themselves as unclean and warn people not to come close to them when they pass by them. Not within six feet or when the wind was blowing, not within 150 feet. Here is something that we read in the book of Leviticus, chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean, when he saw people. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So, you know, the Israelites were coming through the desert and they had camped out everywhere. And this, these people were to be outside of this camp. And when they started building homes and things like that, they were outside their homes and perhaps in other places. You know, the modern day uh, uh, disease that probably comes closer to this is actually Ebola virus. People were quarantined. And if you have family members, you cannot even get close because you might get the disease and die yourself. So that this leper who came to Jesus that day had violated all of these prohibitions. He had entered a place he shouldn't have entered and in so doing made many people unclean that day. Again, remember, a large crowd was following Jesus. So by entering this crowd, he made many people unclean that day. However, the surprising element in this narrative is not that the leper violated the law nor that he entered a place he shouldn't have entered, nor that he made many people ritually unclean. That's not the surprising element in the story. Remember, I had told you previously, in stories like that, in narrative passages, we are always looking for the surprising element because that's where the main message of the story lies. 
So the surprising element is what Jesus did in verses 41 and 42. And here it is. Moved with pity. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. And said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. You see, Jesus really didn't have to touch this person. He could have simply said the words, I will be clean. Standing six feet away from him, he could have simply said those words, I will be clean. And the leper would have been clean. But instead, Jesus touched him. And in so doing, made himself unclean. That's the surprising element in the story. Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, became, in fact, I would even say holy, sinless, became unclean in order to make another, in this case, a leper, clean. Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, who is holy, who is sinless, who is clean, became unclean in order to make another person, a leper, clean. That's a surprising element. And then the question is, what made him do this? What made him do this? He could have simply spoken the word. He could have stayed six feet apart. And my answer, after studying this passage over a week, which I believe is the main message of this story, is this. Intimacy with God produces an anger that leads to compassion, which in turn leads to compassionate action with word and deed. Intimacy with God produces an anger that leads to compassion, which in turn leads to compassionate actions. So in the rest of the sermon, I'm going to take the time to prove this to you. Because it's not obvious. So let's begin with this word anger. Where does it come from? Again, let's go back to verse 41. That's, that's where I will camp most of the time. Just simply verse 41. And here it is. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. You see, the Greek word that's translated pity here has been a topic of debate among Bible scholars. The reason is, one of the earlier manuscripts has anger in place of pity. In other words, the reading would be moved with anger, not pity. 
Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the leper and said, I will be clean. In fact, Bible scholars go on to believe that was the original text. It had anger in it. So what was Jesus angry about? Surely he was not angry about the leper. Right? After all, he embraced him. We will talk about that, the touch later on. But he embraced him. He stretched out his hand and touched him and healed him. Even though he really didn't have to do this. So surely he was not angry about the leper. This leads us to conclude that Jesus was angry at what sin and evil have done to the world that he created and pronounced it to be good. This is not the world that he created. You know, one commentary put it this way. The anger can be understood as an expression of righteous indignation at the ravages of sin, disease, and death which take their toll even upon the living. A toll particularly evident in this leper. Jesus was angry. Angry not at the person afflicted by the ravages of sin and evil. But what the sin and evil have done to the person. So let me ask you this question. <clears throat> are, we, are you angry at anything that is going on in the world today? The ravages of sin and evil in the world today. Are you angry? Are you mad? Are you outraged? Jesus was. You see, there are conflicts, there are wars, there's radicalism, there's persecution, there's corruption, there's injustice, there's poverty, there, there are orphans, and there's a refugee crisis, there's sex trafficking, there's substance abuse, there's domestic abuse, there's abortion, and many more. Are you angry at any of these? Jesus would have been. Now, if you are angry at any of these, then you would know the anger that Jesus felt that day when he saw the leper. In fact, in the Luke's gospel, it says he had full-blown leprosy. And if you have seen lepers, you know, the fingers fall off and noses fall off and it's, it's a terrible disease. However, Jesus' anger does not stop there. It leads to compassion. As you will see, we are working our way through this definition. Anger that produces compassion. Again, think about this verse 41 that we read in a mood with pity or anger. But by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, those who copied the original manuscript replaced the word anger with the word pity or compassion. 
Again, Bible translators, Bible transcriptors, you know, who copy from one text to the next, you know, things of that kind, they were all inspired by the word of, by the Holy Spirit. It's inspiration of God. And so I do not consider this as a mistake. It is really God calling our attention to the fact that Jesus' anger produced compassion for the leper who was afflicted by the ravages of sin and evil. You see, the leper was afflicted physically because of leprosy. The leper was afflicted spiritually because he was considered spiritually unclean. The leper was afflicted socially because he was required to live alone and maintain a distance of at least six feet from other people and 150 feet when the wind was blowing. It is social isolation. And the leper was afflicted financially because he was unable to work. Nobody hired him at that point. And thus was reduced to begging. Now, if, the, if the, this leper was a man and most likely the breadwinner of the family, the family was also reduced to begging. When Jesus saw all of this, his anger at the ravages of sin and evil, he was angry, he was outraged, but it led to compassion for the leper who was afflicted by them. Therefore, I believe, you know, the real translation of, the, of Mark chapter 1 verses 41 would look like this. Moved with anger that produced compassion. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. So are you angry? Outraged at the ravages of sin and evil I mentioned previously? Any of them? Is that anger stirring within you compassion for the people who are afflicted by them? Then the anger produces compassion. It didn't Jesus, and I hope it does in us too. For example, here's, here's how we distinguish between the two. Conflicts, wars, radicalism, and persecution have created a huge refugee and often crisis in the world today. Do you have compassion for refugees and orphans? Corruption and injustice have created poverty and oppression worldwide. Do you have compassion for the poor and the oppressed? Domestic abuse and sex trafficking, trafficking have created lots of wounded people worldwide. Including here in the nation. Do you have compassion for the wounded? 
substance abuse or the opioid crisis is destroying individuals who would otherwise be healthy and productive. And abortion is killing millions of unborn babies and thus millions of people who would be our next generation. Do you have compassion for those addicted to drugs, for the unborn, for those who have had abortions or contemplating abortions right now? That's the difference. These are all ravages of sin and evil in the world, but some people are affected, afflicted by it while being angry at the ravages of sin and evil in the world. We have compassion for the people who are afflicted by them. So our daily life is, or our worship services is not about singing a few songs and you know, clapping our hands and raising our hands and our voices and going home and not be angry about the ravages of sin and evil in the world and not having compassion for the people who are afflicted by them. That's not what Jesus modeled and that's not what Christian life is all about. Then what happens? So here's anger at the ravages of sin and evil which produces compassion for the people who are afflicted by them. And that compassion now propels compassionate action. And here it is. Again, Mark chapter 1, verse 41 and 42. Moved with anger that produced compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. I would like us to imagine what was happening that way. Begin to imagine, you know, close your eyes, open your eyes, however that, that helps you imagine. And let's play this, what happened that day in slow motion. Okay? <clears throat> The leper with full-blown leprosy enters a space that he should never have entered. It's like somebody comes in into the worship service who looks really odd. Now the people who followed Jesus, very likely a large crowd, begin to scramble to get away from the leper because he would contaminate and make them ritually unclean if he came within six feet of them. Right? Imagine that. Here's Jesus. The leper walks in. There's a crowd that's following him, surrounds him, and all of a sudden, seeing this leper, full-blown leprosy, the Gospel of Luke says, and people started to scramble trying to run away from him, not to get six feet from him, within six feet from him. Perhaps some people started to throw stones at the leper. 
Right? The rabbis did. Shouting, go away. Do not defile us. Perhaps others were shouting, give him 40 lashes. Those are the practices. But Jesus, to everyone's surprise, perhaps even to their horror, with arms stretched out, walks towards the leper. He's on the ground. He's kneeling. And instead of keeping the six feet distance, he's actually walking inside of that six feet. And I can hear people shouting, move away, Jesus. Don't go near him. Right? He's going to contaminate you. He's going to make you unclean. As Jesus' hand stretches out even farther and farther to actually touch him, I can hear people shouting even more louder, saying, no, no, don't touch him. But Jesus touches him. He's become unclean. What do we do now? You see, up until this point in the Gospel of Mark, <clears throat> Jesus has been providing evidence that he is indeed the Messiah that the Isaiah the prophet predicted a long time ago. His forerunner, John the Baptist, has pointed to Jesus and said, He is indeed the promised Messiah. At his baptism, God the Father speaks and affirms him as the beloved Son, the Messiah. By defeating Satan, casting out demons, and healing diseases, Jesus has proved himself to be the Messiah. But now, he's defiled. He's unclean. What's going to happen? Can you imagine? Can you see all of that? Obviously, when the story writer writes these things, you know, they give you a summary. The main point of what happened, not necessarily every single detail. <clears throat> You see the Greek word behind the English word, touch. That is, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the leper. <clears throat> if you study the detail in a, deeper into the, in, in that Greek word, it's like, you know, have you seen these TSA screeners? This is the TSA stands for Transportation Security Administration. TSA screeners in the, at the airports. What do they do? They use their hands and fingers to really touch you from head to toe and all the way and trying to feel if there's anything there. 
And the Greek word that's translated touched actually gives that picture that Jesus walks over to this guy who is kneeling down and he touches from head to toe from every point where there was, there was uh, this leprosy that was visible every, every place. As he heals him, that's, that's what behind that word. It was a long touch. It was a compassionate touch. Until the leper was made clean. It was a long touch, a compassionate touch. Touch at multiple places in his body until he was made clean. So, Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, holy, sinless, became dirty, unclean, in order to clean this leper. And the charge for us really is this. To get into the trenches, get our hands and feet dirty, and labor in order to and until others are made Whole in the name of Jesus. Because we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world that is ravaged by sin and evil. So are you angry at the ravages of sin and evil in the world today that I have mentioned previously? Does that anger stir within you compassion for those people who have been affected by them? Does that compassion lead you to compassionate actions? To make those people whole, clean, self-sufficient? Do you have How about toward refugees and orphans? Where do you stand? Poor and the oppressed. Victims of domestic abuse, substance abuse, abortion, and many more. Obviously, we cannot do all of them. Considering single individuals, perhaps a church, a collective body of many people can do several things. But as individuals... We cannot do all of them. My, my challenge and the question is, has your anger, are you angry about these things? Has that anger moved you to compassion and which in turn has led to compassionate action on your part, at least regarding one of those issues? That's the question. Today as we speak, as I told you earlier, there's a group of people, about 100 of them from this congregation are serving Children who are in foster care through a camp called Royal Family Kids Camp. There's another group that's serving in downtown here at Grove Park, a poor neighborhood, to provide a vacation Bible school for them. In fact, you know, staff had had several conversations, you know, over the years, and one of the staff members keep bringing up, David, we should cancel church on Sunday morning and go and serve our community. There is a need. We haven't taken the step yet, but it is an idea. 
It is important that we worship God, but it is also important that we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world and therefore to get into the trenches, get our hands and feet dirty, just as Jesus got his hands and feet dirty. Until we restore people from the ravages of sin and evil. We cannot do, a single individual cannot do everything. But can I do one thing? <clears throat> now the final point here is this. Where does this all come from? Anger that leads to compassion, that leads to compassionate action. Where does it come from? And my answer is, it comes from intimacy with God. That's where it came for Jesus. And here it is in chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And again, and Simon, Peter, and others who came searched for him, and they found him and said, Hey, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said to them, Let's go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. You see, the whole story of Jesus cleansing the leper began with Jesus having an intimate time alone with God the Father. The Gospels, including the Gospel of Mark, tell us that Jesus did this regularly. It was his habit to spend time alone with God the Father. During these times of intimacy, God the Father spoke to him and Jesus listened and he did the will of the Father Every time. Again, we know God is angry at the ravages of sin and evil in the world. And so was Jesus. And so my prayer for myself and for all of us is, as someone once has said, you know, let my heart be broken for the things that break the heart of God. Intimacy with God. Gives us anger at the ravages of sin and evil in the world, which moves us to compassion, which in turn moves us to compassionate action in order to restore people from the ravages of sin and evil in the world. But you know, there's, there's more to this now because <clears throat> as I encourage you to get involved in these kinds of things, you will never know what the result would be. Look with me to verses 43 and 45. And so this leper gets healed and Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for you a cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. I mean, that's, that's the way, if a leper was healed, that's the way that they were restored. In other words, when they were suspected of leprosy, they, they go to the priest and go, he will diagnose them. Once you are restored, they will go back to the priest and he, will, he would 
uh, pronounce them clean and they can get back into the society. So that's what Jesus is asking. But verse 45 is the important one. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. You see, Jesus' compassionate action that day produced the, a great evangelist. Do you realize that? The leper who was healed went about spreading the news about Jesus that he could no longer openly enter a town. And similarly, our compassionate actions has the potential to produce same kind of great things for God in the world today. You will never know. Here's the story that I would close with. Rich Stearns, who is a retiring president of World Vision, tells the story in the latest Christianity Today magazine. <clears throat> Last summer, he says that he went to Kenya and met a 50-year-old, 54-year-old sponsored child. His name is Jackson. Jackson was an orphan who was sponsored in 1974. That was 44 years ago when Jackson was 10 years old. And, he, and Rich Turns kind of speculates the family that sponsored him probably said, well, we cannot solve global poverty. It's too big for us. But we can help one little boy. And here's how the story concludes. In 2016, Jackson Ole Sepet, that's his full name, was named the sixth Archbishop of the Anglican Church of Kenya. And Richard Stearns concludes by saying, we were just trying to feed some hungry kids, but God was growing an Archbishop. That's our call, my brothers and sisters. Intimacy with God produces compassion, which leads to compassionate action that has the potential to do great things for God in this world. Go and find those opportunities on your own. And there are opportunities provided in and through the church as well. Get involved because we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Get them dirty just as Jesus got them dirty. And stay in them for a long haul until you restore people from the ravages of sin and evil in the world. That's my prayer for me and that's my prayer for you as well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this powerful, powerful story that challenges us to be your hands and feet, of, feet in the world that's ravaged by sin. Help us to do that. Speak to us. Guide us and lead us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.